Welcome to another episode of the Bigger Pal Collective with Caveman and Seppo. Today we'll be previewing week 15 of the NFL season. We're here to show you all the best bets to make and the stats and numbers to back these up. As always, we're sponsored by Black Swan Bets. Get on to blackswanbets.com for all your tipping needs. Black Swan Bets Smart Stake takes all the hassle out of betting, giving an algorithmic approach for you to expand your wallet. And make sure to jump onto our Facebook page to get all of our updates straight away, including our great free picks. The first game for our late window this week, we have the New York Jets at the Los Angeles Rams. The Jets are 0-13. They haven't won a game this season. They play the Browns and at the Patriots next. And I don't think they're going to do it. This looks like an 0-16 team to me. The Rams are minus 17 and a half points. The total is at 44. And the Rams lead this series 10-4 all time. That's surprising that the Rams lead this all time. I would have thought some in the 60s and 70s kind of deal would have evened it out. This is going to be such a fun, terrible game. You know, there's bad, terrible, and there's good, terrible. Movies, sports are the same. I cannot wait to watch this game while other actual important games are going on. Maybe even the game of the year is going on next to it. And then you get to see the Jets offense go against the Rams defense. Yeah. So how many points do you think the Jets can score in this game? Are you saying like just total points that they will have? Because it is possible that Goff is just completely blind to a pass rush and gives up a strip sack in the end zone. Their offense itself, I would be surprised if it got seven points. Six points is a stretch. I think this is going to be a zero or a three-point game. The Jets team total is at 13 points. And I'm leaning under. I, I don't I think the Jets the can put 13 points up. I, what They could get a touchdown by a special teams or defense, or you know they, they take over on the 12-yard line and get one pass in. But, uh, yeah, two touchdowns not being scored against the Rams by this team. I can see the Jets missing some kicks as well. Really, really like the under for this game. I would probably go instead of the overall under, which I do like. I like that Jets one instead. And this is someone who doesn't really mind the Jets in general for being so bad. So the only thing with the full game under, it's at 44 points. It completely depends on how many points the Rams are going to score. And the Rams are going to score however many points they want. Like, that's simple. The Rams can put up 10 points if they want to and win this game. They can put up 38 points if they want to and win this game. The Rams could put up 40 and this game still goes under. There is, of course, that possibility. So the Rams are the number one team in the NFL for yardage in games. They're plus 105 yards per game depending on what they've got scored against them. The Jets are last in the league at minus 129 yards per game. That's a 234-yard differential there. 
that makes the actual spread make more sense. It's interesting. I like some combinations here that usually don't make too much sense because I can see a Jets plus 17.5, under 13.5 points, under 44, golf under, and probably wouldn't touch too much else on that. That should give you some value. I don't know. I put $2 on it, but it's going to be value. Oh, big time. So the Jets just aren't going to be scoring up against this Rams defense. This Rams defense is way too good. If someone like the Patriots, who has a, still has a better offense than the Jets, even though their offense is pretty bad, can only put three points up against them, the Jets are not going to be doing that. Now, in the favor for the Jets, it looks like Frank Gore, Perryman, Mims, and Crowder should all be back this week. So they are getting those troops back. I just don't think it's enough to make a difference. No, I don't think so either. I also think the Rams are going to be very, very vanilla and low-key and basic in this game, not showing off too much what they're going to do last two weeks in the playoffs. So I can see a slow start and it just being a bit, uh, and then the Rams start getting to their running game going. Robert Woods being out versus the Jets getting all those players back certainly helps me like that plus 17 and a half as well. I can see this game going up to 18 or 19 by game time as people just, oh, the Jets are terrible. Let's just push it, push it, push it. It's a shame it's not in the 20s and people didn't go ridiculous because I think I've bet on almost every plus 20 game that I remember there not being like a third or fourth string quarterback in. I've got a wee interesting one here. So the last seven games in a row, the Jets have scored in the first quarter. And their total has always been 0.5. If they score in the first quarter, they, they go over their total for the first. They could score a field goal first and not score anything else for the rest of the game. That would lead to some pretty good SGMs. You're going to get some value there because if you think they're not going to score the rest of the game, you can do a whole bunch of their receivers to get under. I can see Darnold trying to spread it around to someone. Mims is maybe the only one I wouldn't touch just because of rookie inconsistency. He could go for 120 or he could go for seven or five first game back from an injury kind of thing. I'm just going to stay away from the handicap, mostly hammer that under. I'll sh- I-, I love that, especially Jets under. Might do a little first half, but probably more that Jets. So player props in this one. I don't like a lot of the receivers for either team. Chris Herndon, the tight end for the Jets. Now, this guy is a blocking tight end, first, foremost, thirdly, fourthly, sixthly. He is a blocking tight end. He catches maybe one reception a game. His total's at six and a half yards. I don't mind the over six and a half yards on Chris Herndon. I think the Jets are going to be able to take advantage of any mismatch they can find at all in this game. 
and the Rams have been weakest against tight ends. That is a great point. Herndon is actually not that bad of a player. He can move a little bit. He just have has a bit of stone for hands. So if he holds on to it, he's probably going to get there. It's just, does he actually catch the one? Uh, Mims at 38.5, I like. Perryman a bit high at 43.5, just because he could get hurt at any time and not get any more catches. I'm not seeing too many other props here. Cam Akers could go over 70.5, or because he's been injured, they could rest him and he only gets five, eight carries the entire night. Goff under 269.5, I do like, because I think they'll protect him and just lean on that running game and see what they can do. So the way I see this game panning out, the Rams are going to get up by two or three touchdowns, and Mm -hmm. then they are going to coast the rest of the game. Jared Goff might not have a second-half pass. I think they are going to coast that much in this game. Now, Jared Goff, under 34.5 pass attempts, that seems pretty nailed on for me. Jared Goff is not throwing the ball 35 times against the Jets. That is simply not happening. That's a great point. I actually like that a lot more than the under yardage because – I think it's possible Goff could have 220 yards in the first half and still go under 269, but I'd much rather the attempts. That's a lot safer bet. As I said before, I see them really sharing the ball on the ground and maybe a few screens here and there. He might not even play in the fourth quarter of this one. There's more chance of Goff throwing a couple of big 80-yard strikes down the field than there is of him consistently throwing a lot of balls all day. You mentioned Cam Akers there. I also like Cam Akers under the total. Well, I wouldn't go as far as saying, I'm going to bet on it. I'm going to fade it. Yeah. I'm going to fade yeah. it because, sure, Cam Akers is the guy. He's going to be the guy for the rest of the season. But as the middle of the third quarter, you're up 27-3. You're not running your your rookie running back who's going to be the future running back of this franchise for the next five to eight years. But you're not using him in a, basically a nothing game against the Jets. You're up by three-plus touchdowns. You're absolutely not using Cam Akers there. Sean McVay's a smart guy. He's not going to do it. So, Daryl Henderson, over 20.5 rushing yards, becomes an amazing play. I think they use all three running backs in this game and they spread the carries out between all of them. Agreed. I really like that. And if it is available, I don't see it right now, you could SGM that together with a Cam Akers attempts under because I wouldn't go near the yardage as he could bust a 50-yarder in the second quarter quite easily. But... I cannot see him getting that bell cow back kind of carries as well. As you know, the Rams spread it around and have done, even when they had Gurley, they spread it around. Gurley peak, they still gave Malcolm Brown and guys like that touches. Robert Woods looks to be out as well. So I can see them really focusing on the ground game even more. He's not confirmed out, but it was looking to be pointing that way. 
So the only other one that I like here is the matchup for the tight ends of the Rams up against that terrible tight end defense that the Jets have. I think they've led in 12 or 13 touchdowns to tight ends this season, the most in the league by a couple. The only issue is, do you go Hickby or do you go Everett? And it's the same situation that the Colts have. They've got two number one guys, and it's a bit of a crapshoot as to who gets the ball. Exactly. I actually like Higby more often, but this week I'm thinking Everett is going to be the guy. I think they like Everett more as a player, but I just don't think he's a good enough blocker these days. So I see them maybe trying to develop his blocking, putting him in there for a lot of these run plays, and then he gets to do a little more play action than what he's used to. Yeah, so I can pretty much say an L.A. Ram tight end is going to score a touchdown in this game, flip a coin, and put the money on whichever one you think. The good news is that they're both paying $4 and more, so you're going to get value, which for the Ever one you pick, I don't have too much justification for Everett over Higby. I'm just leaning that way this week. Now the next game on our afternoon slate, we have the Philadelphia Eagles at the Arizona Cardinals. So we've got plus six and a half on the Eagles, a total of 48 and a half in this one, and two quarterbacks that really like to run the football. I love this game. This entire late window, for varying reasons, is going to be exhilarating. It's a shame that I have to start work right around when it starts. So I'm going to see if I can win a whole bunch of money in the beginning and then not even watch any of these. What what do you think about this one? So this game's interesting. It's really interesting. There's so much scribbled out, then changed, then rewritten, then scribbled, then changed on my sheet. I can't get a handle on this spread. I love both sides. I love minus six and a half on the guards. I love plus six and a half on the Eagles. Right now, I'm sitting on the Eagles side just because I think this game could end up as a shootout. And I would rather take the team that's getting the points in that. I am on the over. So over 48 and a half. I am very much on the over. Yeah. The only issue that would have scared me off the over is the fact that you've got two running quarterbacks who might look to slow the game down a wee bit. But apart from that, the pace of play that these two teams have should be enough to get us to the over. They're actually both under teams. These two teams have both had about 65% unders this season. But I can see this one going the distance. Definitely. I'm not surprised teams with Wentz's accuracy issues and Murray's health issues have been under teams, especially Philly. Philly's defense has some bits that I like but some of their defense horrific where I would be very comfortable seven and a half as I see this being a shootout, being close. Although technically a shootout could be 24-24, 
because the running game is going to draw time off the clock, even though they play fast. I like both teams will go for it on fourth down. Their philosophy is pretty good. I think the Eagles are going to expand the playbook a little bit more. So like the over, I don't know how hard I'll go. I'm probably going to talk myself way into it as I like some of these player props as well. So I can say heaps of SGM potential in this one. Oh, big time. This is my SGM game of the week. I think there is props galore in this that all have positive advantages. So the Cardinals are a blitz-heavy team. They have 37 sacks this season. That's sixth most in the league. They are playing the worst offensive line in football. So they're going to get into that backfield. Now, this means it's up to Jalen Hurts. He either gets that ball out really fast, which I don't think he will. I don't think he has that ability, or he scrambles. He has that ability. So I can see this being a good Jalen Hurts on the ground game again as he tries to scramble out of that pocket and get away from that pass rush. Agreed. And he had some kind of burst last week. He looked much faster last week than he did in college, especially late in the game. There was no way if he escaped containment, he wasn't getting the first down. He was usually not even stretching at the first down. He was two yards beyond it almost consistently every time. He got a few 18 to 20 yarders as well. So, yeah, big fan of Jalen Hurts this week. The Saints lost the game last week. The Eagles didn't win it. And that's something very important to remember as they now go on the road against the Cardinals. So I think this Eagles team, sure, they looked great on the stat sheet last week with that win. But I still don't think this is a great football team. Hertz does make it look better, and it does appear to be better. And with him, they do go back to the run game a lot more, which, my God, Doug finally ran the ball after months of refusing to run the ball. He puts the running quarterback in and decides, oh, since we're running with the quarterback, you know what? Let's run with the running back as well. It'll be a nice change of pace. Makes me so mad because he's very creative and a very good play caller. He should have had Jalen Hurts in the offense the entire year if he thought this was a possibility. How is Jalen Hurts not getting 15, 20% of the snaps earlier in the season if he's this fast? I thought it was because Jalen Hurts wasn't that good. Obviously, Jalen Hurts is fast and athletic. Peterson might get some talk at the end of the year if the Eagles went out for coach of the year making the change. I think it's the opposite. I think he's a jackass for not actually starting all of this early and seeing what he had. My guess is he wanted to try to develop Hurts for the long term and had him practicing more than people even thought. Eagles kind of talked some shit about Hurts in the locker room before this game. because I think this has been brewing for some time. Whence I would trade and keep it with Hurts and draft another athletic quarterback third, fourth round next year. Yeah, you can't trade with Is the cap that bad? Oh, I think it's like 50 mil next year if they try and trade him. <laughs> yeah, you can't That's trade correct. Wentz. The year after, it's really hard to trade him as well. 
I think they still take a massive hit because they just signed him last year to, what was it, a, a four-year, hundred-and-something million with most of it guaranteed. I would try to – I mean, this has happened a few times in the NFL where, like, Champ Bailey for Clinton Portis kind of thing where true players with giant salaries, but I would have to think that one out of what the Eagles could get back just to get rid of them if they can kind of balance the cap sheet out a, a little bit somehow, restructure some things, et cetera. Or trade you for Kirk Cousins. <laughs> that is very sad that I agree. I actually agree with that. I don't hate Wentz. I just think bad situation for them, especially this year, no O-line. He needs a very solid support structure around him, and he did not get that this year, obviously. So Jalen Hurts is going to be making his first road start, and the Cardinals now have a full game of film on him. That's not usually a great recipe for a rookie quarterback. No, it's not. Although in saying that, Hertz has pretty much gotten better every single year. And a lot of times recently, especially his last college, he got better game by game. So I can see Hertz making some adjustments, but that six and a half just scares me. Seven and a half, I'd be much more down and calm about it, but probably going to fade the spread like the over and heaps of player props that we're going to talk about here soon that I really, really like. Yeah, well, let's get straight into the player props here. So both the Eagles and Cardinals have been terrible against running quarterbacks this year. So I like Jalen Hurts over 57 and a half rushing yards. And I like Kyler Murray over 51 and a half rushing yards. Murray's been a wee bit banged up the last few, and that's why he hasn't been taking off as well. But he looked to be coming right last week. Exactly. I really like a lot of those rushing yards. I like me some Miles Sanders rushing. I like Boston Scott receiving. Miles Sanders probably not as much receiving. I just like the rushing I like Christian Kirk. I like Dan Arnold. I like Dallas Goddard. Whole bunch of these overs yardage-wise that I like. I wouldn't go near receptions as much just because it could be quite spread out. But I don't see there being a small amount of big plays in this. I see there being 15, 20, 30-yard chunks consistently throughout this game. And that could be Murray and Sanders and Hurts running on the ground. Yeah, so the only receptions play I have is Jalen Rager, a guy that I haven't been a fan of with Carson Wentz, but I think he's going to be Hertz's favorite guy. So I like him over two and a half receptions. I don't mind Dallas Goddard over three and a half receptions, just in case the Cardinals really want to clamp down on him. And they haven't been bad against tight ends. I think Goddard is going to be... Hertz's safety blanket coming out of there. So there's a good chance he could catch a lot of short balls. But yeah, everyone else uh, is definitely yards over receptions. Miles Sanders, as you said, over 61 and a half rush yards. I also really like his over 16 and a half receiving yards. I think he's going to be able to come out of that backfield a wee bit more. 
You've got, as you said, Dan Arnold there. His number's at 15 and a half receiving yards. Now, we've been on Dan Arnold, I think, the last two or three weeks straight now. Over, over, over. So let's keep that running on Arnold. There is DeAndre Hopkins. Now, Hopkins' number is very high. We've got 85 and a half receiving yards for DeAndre Hopkins. Six and a half pass receptions at under money. I would take the 85 and a half receiving yards, but this is more of a play against a bad Philly secondary this week. And it looks like a lot of their secondary is banged up and might not even play. So this is a good play against them. Exactly. The Eagles pass rush has been a bit improved, but that's more that they're getting some pressure front four against bad fronts. They were decent against the Saints, pretty good offensive line last week, but I think that was more of an aberration. I can't see this pass rush holding up, especially with the trickeration of those play fakes and Hurts being a threat to run. They might kind of lose sight of their man when he's on the move. He played so much of the game outside the pocket last week that it's hard to cover for that long, especially with new players. I don't know about their defensive secondary coaching. Slay is very inconsistent. Uh, One quick thing about the offense, Miles Sanders yardage I like, but I wouldn't go the two and a half receptions, even though it is paying a bit. Those 16 yards, I think he can get in one or two catches quite easily. So definitely go the yardage there over the receptions. Dallas Goddard, love it. Hopkins, I'm just going to fade and stay away. Absolutely. So I've got one other one on here, and that is Kenyon Drake under 54 and a half rushing yards. The Philadelphia Eagles have been brilliant against running backs so far this season. And I think they keep that going in this one. Uh, He's not going to be able to get anything through the middle, and Drake hasn't been very good on the outside. The only issue with that is he is going to see quite a high percentage of snaps as Chase Edmonds looks to be injured and probably won't be suiting up for this one. I still really like that under there. That's a great point. I didn't actually think of that. The Eagles linebackers have just been lights out. Duke Riley has been just on fire. He somewhat won their team the game last week. He was all over the field. Singleton's been pretty good, even though he had a touchdown against him last week. So I can see the Cardinals trying to throw a lot. Hard to know exactly who they're throwing to other than that Arnold value. Once again, Christian Kirk, yeah. I'm going to fade Fitzgerald and Hopkins. If it's down 80, 81 short, 85 is just a bit high for me. Would rather have those receptions instead. So much SGM potential in this one. All right. So our next game this week, we have the Kansas City Chiefs. At the New Orleans Saints, we've got minus three on the Chiefs, a total of 52 at the moment. And I can't get a read on this game at all. I don't know where this is going. Drew Brees is back. He will be suiting up in this game and playing. And from what I've seen, will only be sharing 
the normal amount of plays with Taysom Hill as that gadget guy. Jameis Winston is going to be the backup. This is such a strange game for me. It's obviously going to be very exciting. I think that I know exactly what's going to happen, but I am too confident that it seems like it's a trick to me, that I'm overthinking and oversimplifying this. Uh, The reason I love the Chiefs in this game is they have more talent. They have better coaching. Just everything points in their direction. They're used to winning. They're used to playing good teams this year and winning. Mahomes will cement his MVP season if he wins by more than a touchdown here. If he only wins by a field goal and it's late, I don't know really what that does for them, even if it's on the road. If he dominates on the road, that's him. I think it's done. They're going to be motivated. They need that one number one seed with some flow to it at the end of the year. I think I'm missing something because I really like the Saints too. I think the Saints are the best team in the NFC. I think the record shows that. I am just somewhat miffed at how they've played scheme-wise the last four weeks, offense and defense. What are your kind of thoughts that you've been going back and forth on? The spread. I cannot get a read on the spread at all. In fact, as I'm sure you guys all know, I'm an analytics guy. I love the stats. I love looking up at trends and angles and how to get the most out of every game. What I'm coming up with on the stats is the Chiefs have not covered the spread in their last four games straight. And the Saints, as a home dog, are 8-1 and one against the spread in their last three years. Exactly. And this is part of why, even though my feeling and my look is definitely Chiefs, there's so many factors that are going against me that I'm just going to enjoy this game and not go on the spread. Definitely some props and some taupe here that I like. But yeah, spread, even though I'm really feeling the Chiefs, I'm going to stay away until hopefully a Super Bowl matchup. I would love these two teams in the Super Bowl. Lots of interesting players, lots of interesting personalities, and possibly the most two talented teams in the league. I, it's just so hard on this game. If Breeze plays, which he is now, I've got the over as an amazing bet. I think the over is definitely in play with Drew Breeze. I didn't like it at all with Taysom Hill. Agreed. The Chiefs' defense has been incredible in the third quarter. In the third quarter this season, they have allowed 15 points. They have allowed, in one game, they gave up six. And in three games, they gave up three. The other nine, they have not allowed a score in the third quarter. They are amazing at making those alterations, fixing the play sheet, and coming out with a scripted defensive second half. That is quite interesting. Great pull there, Caveman. So the Chiefs have given up 
780 yards and seven touchdowns to tight end so far this season. That's been the one place where you're able to get a bit of an edge on these Chiefs. The only problem I see with that one is uh, I really do like Jared Cook, but as you know, even though the Saints like to play heavy, they throw the ball to Josh Hill sometimes, and Troutman has actually been playing pretty well as well. I like Troutman. Uh, Cook's over is not too high, 33 and a half. He looked great last week. He mossed somebody, mossed Singleton in the end zone last week. He was being looked for quite consistently. So I do like that Jared Cook, and I might even go with a few of those backups as well in case he gets dinged up as he is quite old. All right, we have a breaking news alert. This isn't to do with this game, but it has just come out. Dwayne Haskins will be the quarterback for the Washington football team this week. They have ruled out Alex Smith. That makes me sad, but definitely going to be less points for Washington. Yeah, so at this stage... Just fade that Washington game, and we will reassess that with the new information at hand. Player props in this game. Again, this is quite a difficult game to get a read on. Michael Thomas over five and a half receptions. Thomas didn't have a great connection with Breeze at the start of the season. But now that he's played a few games, he's got a wee bit of that athleticism back to him. He's got a wee bit of form. I think Breeze and Thomas are going to hook up again. Breeze obviously has been injured. When he comes back, he's going to be going to his trusted guys. He's going to be going to Michael Thomas. He's going to be going to Alvin Kamara. I don't see this being a very big Emmanuel Sanders game, but I no, think I it's love the be under Thomas Kamara. Exactly that Sanders under. I would like even if Thomas wasn't playing better, but with Thomas coming back, playing a little bit stronger, forty nine and a half is high. I thought it would be low forties. Uh, Traquan Smith overs okay at forty four and a half. I'm probably just going to fade that Kamara. Yes. I don't see any Hardman right now. I'm not touching either Watkins or Hill. Uh, Same with the rushing game. Too much variance, too many options. Maybe a little Edwards-Hilaire, but that's about it. Yeah, I don't like the Chiefs rushing game in this one. I think this one's going to be all passing, which is what gives a lot more validity to the over in this game now. Exactly. I can see a few three and outs here and there, which don't actually hurt the over. And then I see touchdowns instead of actual yardage. So on those SGMs might be able to get some touchdown value. Yeah. So let's talk about touchdowns right now, because in a big game like this, we know what happens when it comes to touchdowns. It's not the main guy's, that score them because those guys are all covered and their routes are blocked up. It's those other guys that get the touchdowns in these big games. I'm not saying Travis Kelsey isn't going to score a touchdown at $1.83. What I am saying is when you have guys like 
Mikhail Hardman paying $6, when you have guys like Josh Hill paying $13, and when you have guys like Anthony Sherman paying $21, these are the guys that come into the picture a lot more when it comes to red zone attempts. They do. I love that Sherman bet, especially because he's already scored one this year. That should be down around 15-ish, not 23. I like Troutman at eight and a half. As you said, Hardman at six. I like Robinson five and a half. Murray at four. All of these guys are going to somehow be in a situation where they could score. I don't like either defense or special teams, though. I see this being pretty mistake-free unless there's some kind of random fumble. I don't think there's going to be any sixes. Absolutely. Now, that McCall Hardman number was 22 and a half receiving yards as well. So, McCall Hardman is in play this week. Yeah, you know we're going to at least touch a little bit on that. Got to. He's been up and down lately, but that's just too much value there. Yeah, he's still nine and three for me on the season. So, I'm very happy with that. Next game up, we have Sunday night football. It is the Cleveland Browns at the New York Giants. The Giants currently getting six and a half points. The total at 44. The Giants have won six of the last seven games with only two out of those seven going over 40 points. Everything pointing to the under here. I don't trust it because Browns are going to Browns. Browns defense just might be terrible for some reason. But the Giants offense not clicking at the moment. Offense coordinator being out. So I think this is a Freddie Kitchens game. Which this is Freddie Kitchens. Yep. Calling plays. Under very much. I can see Kitchens trying some triple reverse passes or maybe three delay of games in a row. You know, really mixing it up there. Calling the same play five times in a game. Who knows with that man. The problem with this game for me is the Browns are a much better team, but the Giants run defense is legit. Their front is awesome. They're physically dominant, and they can stuff pretty much any running game. If the Browns don't have a running game, it's not going to be a pretty game. They're still the better team and should win, but I still, even though some stats might not back it up, thinking under here. It's going to be a cold one. We're looking at about zero degrees Celsius. Uh, Should be a wee bit icy and a 50-50 shot at rain. With Freddie Kitchens, this guy is not a good play caller. He is also going to be playing against his former team in the Cleveland Browns. So that's going to be a very interesting matchup for him. I was all in for the under until I saw James Bradbury will not be playing. Oh. That's, yeah. So this guy's been the absolute best corner on their team. He's been a top 10 corner in the NFL this season. He's actually been I think top very, five. very good. Yeah, top absolutely. Five. Yeah, definitely. I, I said top 10. I was thinking, is it top five? Is he fifth or is he sixth? He's... Definitely up there anyway. Yeah, yeah. 
again, that's what you said, that under's a wee bit scary. I'm worried about the under for that reason as well. In fact, I actually had this game as my fade game of the week, and I might actually bring it up. I'm having two fade games of the week. I'm fading Sunday night football. Oh, good, because this game's not going to be pretty. Important game for both teams, so I could see it going under first half and then over second half as these teams open up and get really aggressive going for the win. But I still gonna stay away. Even the player props, I'm not that big of a fan. I think it's okay to have two fade games of the week because more options, more SGMs that you can do. There's fades because of so many variables as we talked about previously. Whereas sometimes it is down to one or two things. Whereas this one fading because Browns and Giants, who knows what they're gonna do. The Giants offense would be even worse, but Brown's gonna Brown as they showed last week. Browns play to their competition pretty much all year. Close hey, game. It wasn't, it wasn't the Browns that Browned in that game last week. It was Lamar Jackson. He Browned hard. <laughs> now, player props in this one, <clears throat> there, there's not a lot that I'm super happy about. Jarvis Landry over four and a half receptions. This seems to be a week-in, week-out bet at the moment as we're moving up to those playoffs. Landry is the absolute number one target in their offense, and he's going to catch a lot of balls. Where's the Jarvis Landry passing over? Give me that option. I'll take that (laughs) option every week. He's legit, man. If if Mayfield got hurt, I would just put him back there. He throws a better spiral than Mayfield does. Oh, yeah, he's a little bit bigger. Golden Tate over two and a half receptions. This one is more matchup-based again with him in the slot. I think Tate should be able to get a decent enough wee matchup there. Evan Ingram. I couldn't see a number on Ingram, but I called a down week for him last week, and I'm calling a big week for him this week. The Browns have been pretty poor against tight ends. And I think whether it's McCoy or Jones, they're really going to want to try and get after some Evan Ingram this week. Agreed that Tate should be able to get the targets to get those receptions. So I would go more receptions than yards for Tate as he could get four receptions for 28 yards or 22 yards or 57 yards. You don't really know there. Uh, As far as Ingram, I like him. Goldman, I'm going to go under, even though I like him as a player. I just don't like the matchup as much this week. I think they're going to really stack the box with the Browns and force whoever the quarterback's going to be. Jones is just terrible. McCoy's terrible to have to throw the ball. Yep. Now, the only other one I have here is Kareem Hunt over 17.5 receiving yards. Ooh. I like that as much as the Landry one, to be honest. Yeah, and just to double on the back of that one, Nick Chubb over 8.5 receiving yards. He's been – they've been doing good screen game. As you know, Stefanski loved the screen game in Minnesota, so I can see that continuing. Yeah, that's – I prefer the receiving yards for the backs this week – over the rushing totals for them. 
Yeah, the Russian goal is just too high. I staying away from both. Not gonna bet the unders, but you just just fight. Well, that does it for another episode of the Bigger Pill Collective. Thank you for listening. We are, of course, brought to you in association with Black Swan Bets. Get onto blackswanbets.com to take advantage of their great tips and offers, and of course, all of our best bets. We hope you enjoyed our content. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our Facebook page so we can continue to bring you more amazing videos.